Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Happy to have you along for The Ride Home on this Tuesday afternoon. It is a dog day of summer. It's, there's there's a lot of dogs that are just laying on sidewalks. I'm telling today. you, it is really, really hot, but yes. I love it. And I'm going to be dreaming of this kind of day when November rolls around. So I hope you get to enjoy it to its fullest. You've heard the voice of Dave Moore from the uh, Pittsburgh Urban Christian School. Dave, welcome back. Thank you, Kathy. Welcome. He sits here because John Hall is taking another day of vacation. Can you believe? I also have Mike Duffy on the other side of the glass in that little room he has. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. Hi, Mike. Greetings you to you. Happy uh, National Root Beer Float Day. Day, friends yes Ooh. it's a good day that is a delicious thing it is do you I agree how somebody came up with well, that i'm so glad you asked <laughs> no because it was frank j wisner of I cripple creek colorado that. god bless frank yeah this j. is wisner. okay wait where do you hear how okay, he came up with it yeah. though okay he gets credit for inventing the black cow in uh, 1893 okay he was staring out his window one there night. were no black cows before no. this just wait and hear the story. Okay, okay, I mean, ahead. for heaven's sake. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, continue. Staring out at his window, Dave, one night at Cow Mountain, he noticed that the snowy peaks on the dark mountains looked like ice cream in a dark soda. Wow. So the next day, he decided to serve it to citizens in his little Colorado mining town. And after the first day, it was an instant hit. Wow. So it was looking out at the mountains at night. That's what inspired him. Boy, that never would have happened in Nebraska, would right. it? <laughs> no, we would. He no. would have said, "Let's have more cornbread." Right. No, yeah. what you get is frosted mini wheats. You know, when they roll up the oh, straw, that's funny. and oh, then oh. the snow lands on top. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, do you love a root beer float? Yes, I do. But I am so partial to Coke that oh, Coke, Coke float. float isn't a Coke float delicious. Yeah, never Mike, had one. Never had a Coke Do you float. Have a, what? Wait no. a No. No. Wait a minute. Sean in the other room. What? <laughs> Sean, yeah. <laughs> you have never had a Coke float? Never in my life. Why is that? Never in my life. I was never introduced to it. So he does not know about that froth that I gets love on the, the froth. Top. Oh, my goodness. It's like a different te- – it's something yeah. that doesn't exist it's in nature. It's a different nature. It's like and nougat. It is. It is. It's a yeah. whole it, – when you put ice cream in Coke, all of a sudden this – chemical reaction happens on top and it's kind of it's a, not quite a solid it doesn't do that with root beer no 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 root beer is kind of creamy this is a, is some is like a combination of fog chewing gum yeah and oh. ovaltine yeah you have you have the head that that rises up real quickly mm-hmm. and then there's this thin layer of something on top interesting that mm-hmm. you have to scoop off on it you have to use a spoon and scoop it off by itself well no, oh, but wow. I I do think that there's a a, a hint, uh, maybe um, a remembrance of Ovaltine in that type oh, of crusty well, okay. thing. Maybe, yeah. I, I think it's. I like it. I never scoop it off. Yeah. Uh, well, no. I mean, I eat it separate. Oh, no, okay. No, I thought no, you were going to say you throw it, throw it away. Oh, sure. Oh, good heavens. No, 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 no. That's not the rind. Okay. No, I. I, I <laughs> okay. Totally, you know. You, eat you know that what separately else? And enjoy it all. You know what else is delicious? What's that? Vanilla Coke float. Ooh. Mm. That's even better than a – to me. Huh. I've never done that. it's smoother. And you already have the smoothness from the ice cream, so now it's like double smooth. Okay. Now I'm going to say two things here. One, it it was not rocket science to combine root beer and – it says a An cute story. The, the Colorado story is really cute. What do you cute. mean it's cute? Second, it's history. Uh, yeah, second <laughs> is that 
Mike, you don't need to be introduced to a Coke float. Didn't it ever, you ever look at two things together and like, oh, I, I should combine like. those. Yeah. No, it's always been root beer floats. What about, really? what about, yeah, was, what about ginger ale? Ginger ale you with, didn't with, know with it was ice possible. cream? What about Sprite? I, mean, I, I figured it was possible. Ooh, I mean, what about, know, a cher- what about a Cherokee orange, Red? Oh orange my soda. gosh, yes. Now, I have had a Cherokee. I totally, I totally okay. forgot about Isn't a Isn't that delicious? Now, yes. Yeah, that it is. is. Yes. Oh my gosh, uh-huh. it's mind blowing. Of course it is. Of course it um, is. Imagine how good a Coke would be. Oh yeah. yeah. Now, do you do you would you go to a Dairy Queen or a Brewster's Never. And, and get a float? Because, it's a waste. Yeah, no. I agree. Like no. you can make your no. own better. And, and yes, besides, exactly. it doesn't work with soft ice cream. It has to be yeah. hard ice cream. Yeah, you're right. Oh, what you're happens with right. soft ice cream? Does it, well, it just, just kind of like it all melt? Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tastes completely different. Yeah. I've never even had that. I don't even like the sound of that. Yeah, it tastes completely different. Yeah. It has to be hard scooped ice yeah. cream, and it has to be super cold. Yeah. Or your float is over. Okay. Like right. in thirty seconds. Are you familiar with with the A and W root beer uh, restaurants? Those are the oh, ones yeah. on the other side of like Long John Silver's, Long John yeah, Silver's yeah, yeah. right? Yes. They have frosted mugs. Yeah. Where you can go in yes, and baby. yeah, just go in and ask That's so for beautiful. I just want a frosted oh mug. Oh my gosh. And then you're going to get your float in there and it's mm-hmm. going to stay cold That's, longer. Yeah. The only establishment where I would hire or I would uh, I would I would get Yeah. the uh what? The, the float. You the don't float. you don't get it through the drive through. You got to yeah. go in and get the frosted well, I'll, mug. Well, I'll be honest with you. The only place to really get root beer in the whole universe is at Twin Kiss in Lancaster, PA. Oh, that's really the only okay. place. Really? They they make their own. They don't have any other option but the frosted mug because, yeah. of course, they're wonderful. They're humans who know the best, right? Yeah. And all you do is go in there and you order like, "Hi, I'd like six. <laughs> That's like ordering a cheesesteak in Philly, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you just this which what you, you don't do. go and say, um, could I have a no? No, it's, yeah, just go in and say, can I have six? Yeah. And then you're done. And then Eric will go up and ask for his six, and then we're good. <laughs> it's absolutely delicious. Yes. Anyway, we've got a lot coming up on today's program. Um, Chris Buda, executive director for the Pittsburgh Experiment, is in the on deck circle. We're going to talk about how it is to share the gospel in the USA. Is it different now? in 2019 than maybe it was 20 years ago. I mean, has, has the cultural conversation changed that much that our way of sharing the gospel has changed as well? Hmm. We'll also talk about stress relief through storytelling with Amy Simpson at the bottom of the hour. And the next hour, is there a place for character in our culture? That's my question. That's also the question Terry Tim is asking. He'll be in studio with us during the five o'clock hour. Also, in the South, incidence of snake bite is up. Ooh. There is another reason not to go to the South. Exactly. There's uprising in Hong Kong and next week is uh, Pittsburgh Restaurant Week. So we have a lot coming up on today's edition of The Ride Home. So stay close. Chris Buda up next. One hundred one point five W O R D. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. Our true identity is that you and I are in Christ Jesus. You and I have been saved by the unmerited, undeserved favor of God the Father through His Son as He died at Calvary. That's the way we're saved. Hear the series "Discovering Our True Identity" this week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Tomorrow morning at eight thirty on one hundred one point five W O R D. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. 
Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now, but they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. Call 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at wordfm.com. Somewhere today, at a Christian school near you, a teacher arrived at work, not because of a paycheck, but a calling, a divine privilege, to invest their skills, their time, their academic training, their entire life, to equip young minds for success in this world and beyond. This is how love inspires learning. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net. Education for mind and soul. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Providence Presbyterian Church Washington Alliance Church Bethlehem Lutheran Church St. John the Baptist Church Impact Christian Church The Bible Chapel What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction Design and build with one company Nello Construction Full service construction from the ground up Renovation Expansion Nello Construction The choice for churches See the projects Begin the journey At NelloConstruction.com Summer is here, and Matt's got the barbecue out all ready to grill. That's why he trusts Super Polygrip, so he can enjoy his steak with full confidence. Polygrip! Sounds like there's a party going on. But something's missing. The birthday gal's arrived. And thanks to Polydent, her bright smile is anything but a surprise. Polydent! When we talk about sharing our faith, I mean, it's kind of loaded in a lot of ways because in our culture, everyone's supposed to believe what they want to believe. And, you know, you don't infringe on me and I don't infringe on you. And, you know, so we have to kind of keep it. Everybody stay in your own lane. Um, but it's not like in, you know, many other countries where it's just it's either illegal or it's discouraged. Or so we, we still have freedom of speech, but the cultural, the way we talk about faith to me seems different than it was a couple decades ago. Um, as we think about the importance of what it means as a follower of Jesus, you know, our command from him doesn't change. So when he said, go out into the world and share the gospel, baptize, baptize teach, teach yeah. right? That hasn't changed. It's not like because your, quote, cultural conversation changes, mm-hmm. your mandate from God changes. It's not that. But I wonder if maybe we're more reticent now than we used to be. I More reticent. I don't know if we're more reticent to share our faith necessarily. We're more reticent to bring it up at all. Okay. So there, maybe, maybe getting the conversation started. There was a long time where it was very easy to assume that everybody – had at least some baseline of understanding of Christianity. And so you'd have a conversational starting point, whether you felt comfortable sharing your own personal faith or not, um, you at least felt like you had somewhere to start the conversation. 
And we have less and less of those natural conversation starters now. Mm-hmm. Is that perhaps? Yeah, that could be it. Well, mm-hmm. to talk about exactly what it looks like, at least from his perspective and the perspective of the Pittsburgh experiment, we have Chris Buddha on the program. Chris is the executive director of the experiment. Chris, always happy to have you. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Great. What do you think? Do you think things are different now? Do you think the conversation's changed? Yeah, I think everything you guys shared is spot on. Uh, I would be I'm surprised. No, go ahead. <laughs> Now, I'd be reluctant to try to say there's one blanket statement that covers what evangelism mm-hmm. is and isn't and what it looks like today and how successful it is. But yeah. Come closer to the mic you know, so we can hear you Having been in the ministry doing outreach for 30 years, Kathy, you mentioned how it looks different just the last yeah. 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. absolutely true. Uh, I think the other thing was it stirred me on. I don't know if you guys have seen the book by Barna, Reviving Evangelism. He was uh, – you guys do use a lot of Barna yeah, stuff. Yeah, we do yeah. use a lot of Barna. I don't know that one. It, it, it was commissioned – did I break the machine already? No. <laughs> I just want to hear you, my friend. Alpha Course, if you're familiar oh, with yeah. that, started in, in uh, England about 30 years ago. Well, there's Alpha USA commissioned the Barna Group to do a study on evangelism because mm-hmm. their question was they had seen in the last 20 years while they're doing Alpha USA the difference in outreach and how the results were coming and the numbers coming through the door. And not surprisingly, what Barna found was just like – Church attendance, you know, the numbers have been dropping precipitously about mm-hmm. folks who are sharing their faith. And it was just eye-opening. One of, one of the eye-opening statistics that I read that really stood out to me was that 48%, almost half of millennial identifying as Christians said evangelism is wrong. Not that they're hesitant wow. to do it. Not that. So, Kathy, wow. you made you made mention that well, we're reticent to do it. Yeah, that that whole generation, over half of almost half of them, are saying no. It's actually wrong to evangelize. And so, with that backdrop, with the numbers in churches dropping, with the group, with the generation coming up behind us, not just reluctant and reticent to do it, but thinking it's the wrong thing to do. Uh, wow. the gospel spreading in this wow, country that is, is, so, is very that unique. is so different, Chris. I mean, you think about America a hundred years ago, right? The the, the I, you couldn't even divorce the ideas of Christianity from just normal day-to-day life in, in most of the country. Absolutely. And how did we get where we are today? Is, is there a and, – and I'm spitballing, and I was a pastor for a long time. I preached for a long time. Is there, um, is there a connection between what's coming from the pulpit and what people believe about evangelism? In other words, there – there are um, – I don't recall um, a significant number of sermons in the last five years, um, not just in our own church but as I've listed around, that focused on Christ's command to go baptize, make disciples. Hmm. I, I'm i not sure that Barna addresses that, and I'm not sure if mm-hmm. I have a strong opinion. But I would say part of the issue too is just the fact that less people are going to church. So whether it's not what the preachers are preaching in the pulpit – there's us people in the pews to hear what the preachers preach from the yeah, pulpit, yeah, yeah. and yeah. so it's cyclical. Okay, let me tell you this. This is a, a personal story. I was watching. I was on Instagram last night, and I follow Beth Moore because I, I really like Beth a lot, respect her a lot. And she posted a video by Christine Kane. Now, Christine Kane is a woman who is an international Bible teacher. I believe she's Australian, and she sent a video talking about um, the evangelism. Uh, mission that she was involved in 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 Paris, Hmm. which is going on right now. And as she was talking about, you know, people were making decisions for Jesus and how exciting it was. And she was she was going on and on about it. This is what was so interesting to me. It made me uncomfortable. Why is that? 
because I think in America, I am getting infected with the idea that it's wrong. Hmm. Like to me, and here's me, like I've been a believer my whole life. I, you know, I have a job, but that is how much I think that that American conversation is seeping into me that I heard her talking and I was like, whoa, that seems like a lot. The reason I asked you how come the follow up because I feel the same way. Do I've you got, really? I've got friends who are just coming back from Africa and they talk about the big uh, tent meetings where thousands are coming to mm-hmm. faith. That happened here, yeah. and so my gut reaction maybe a little different variation on the thing what you were saying, Kathy. But it's like, well, when everyone stood up at Promise Keepers, all the men at Promise Keepers, or all the Billy Graham Crusades, when the numbers say less and less people going to church, where are all those believers? And I wonder how much our evangelism methods of the seventies, eighties, nineties, and last century were seeking a decision for Christ, and part of that was not really disciple making and getting people engaged. Mm-hmm. So not you can followers have of Christ. No, you can have a lot of people saying they're in, and I'm not. Again, yeah. please, I'm not criticizing, but you're trying to diagnose now where right, we are right, and right, where right. we get this. The other uh, number I noticed from Barnes said that 77 percent of Christians, people who identify as Christians, 30 years ago, 77 percent had been to church in the last six months. Now, people identifying as Christians who've been in church the last six months, sixty percent, so almost half. They identify mm-hmm. as Christian. And almost mm-hmm. half of them don't go to church over six months. Another group I saw, I wasn't born as different research, was saying for folks who identify as believers, as followers of Christ, they said, you assume, again, at our age, you guys are younger than me, but you know, go to church every week is just assumed, at least three times a, yep. three times a month. For people who are going to church three times a month or not, less than 20%. And so you can talk about the speed of life and travel and sports and all that. But as we said, no matter how you slice the, the pie, there's just less and less people in the pews. And I wonder, again, going back to that decision for Christ, decision for Christ, decision for Christ, how many mm-hmm. made followers of Christ, as you said, brother? Uh, because all those people are still, many of them are still alive, but they're not in the church pews anymore. And they're not evangelizing, they're not doing outreach. Again, that's not a criticism, yeah. but it's kind of a critique trying to figure out how yeah, we got right, where right. we are and what and, the remedy is. Yeah. And Christianity has become church optional. It's become just about everything optional. And... and um, I grew up going to tent revivals as well, and um, it was fire insurance. Mm-hmm. It was scare them into making a decision. And yeah, and I, I hate that. I I, I, I do, and I I, get, I also I, hate people going to hell. Right. So so <laughs> here we are. Point. That's a good point. Yeah. Like where where do is is I I agree that it is the spirit who calls us. I agree that. The last time I was happy when a telemarketer called me or when somebody asked me how I, you know, somebody out of the blue tried to make a sales pitch to me, how thrilled I was about that. And yet I have also experienced the number of people that I've sat and listened to their stories and then had the guts to say, you mind if I pray with you real quick? Mm-hmm. I've never had, I've never been rejected by a non-believer. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I haven't either. I have not either. That's awesome. A part of that presupposes you had a conversation with a non-believer. Okay. Uh, right? Because yeah. what you said it was in response to what's them sharing your story. What What if – and I'm wondering because, again, the way we used Evangelist Explosion, Romans Road, all the tent revivals, there were some great tools. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm not putting them down, but I'm not sure how effective they are in the 21st century in 2019 with the statistics we're talking about. What if we took God's commandments uh, tr- to be true – and simply lived life the way he wanted to live. The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength and mind, right? Mm-hmm. right. The second of these is similar, which mm-hmm. is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. So the top two commandments, none of them necessarily say evangelize your neighbor, but they say love your neighbor. And I, from what these numbers are saying in Barner's report, at least, that came out, 
is saying there's more and more people who want relationship, who would desire to be in a conversation and to hang out with someone, to be friends and neighbors with someone, and let that that kind of cultivate the groundwork to having a conversation about faith. One of the other numbers he threw out was the millennials who identify either as non-faith people or people of faith other than Christianity. 65%, I think the number was, said that they would be interested in having a conversation with someone about faith, with a Christian about faith, with two caveats. The one being that they didn't make light of what they believed. So so listen to me and hear what I'm saying and don't criticize. And two, don't try to force me into a decision. Isn't that a late 20th century Mm -hmm. evangelist? Yes. Cameron, I gave you four points. Now you got it. You you have to go. And I came to faith through that specific question. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, there was relationship that led up to the question. There was a cultivation of the Mm -hmm. soil of my soul. But so I'm not, that's why I said I'm never going to put down some of those things. But in combination with relationship, these people are saying, I would love to have the conversation without getting pushed to a decision and without having someone making light of my spiritual ideas or things like that. The follow-up question, just like, follow-up question was, how many people know Christians like that? Less than 20%. Mm. And so it wow. sounds like there's people willing to talk, but that they don't know people who are willing to listen, like you said, mm. and then respond, can I pray or do that? But, but be in relationship first prior to the, the conversation or prior to getting to the four steps of salvation. So, so playing off of that, um, the the two caveats. If I can approach somebody and be and be assertive about what I believe, not aggressive about what I believe, nor passive about what I believe, but assertive about what I believe, without feeling any kind of anxiety about whether you believe or not, then not only um, not only will I be more honest, but I stand a better chance of you hearing me out. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, whether it's the four spiritual laws, the evangelism explosion, the things we've been talking about, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with those in relationship. Mm-hmm. But if we can be good listeners and be receptive to what people are thinking and saying, I, th- I think the doors are open to those conversations. But you're saying the door isn't open if you go with the pres- if you're just handing out a track to someone or you want to hand if there's no relationship. I, I just think that's the, the, everything you've seen anecdotally in the yeah. world. And everything that is Barna's newest research would say that, that people are more reluctant to, d- to do that. But to be engaged with a person and say, what do you think? You have to listen to what they think. I think you're right. I think yeah. people are willing to hear that and not saying, well, now I'm right, you're wrong. Just simply laying it out there. And you mentioned before, it's the spirit who leads. I think for many of us who are evangelicals at our age, we've got to be comfortable with the spirit leading. And yes, saying that. Uh, for sure. You know, First Peter 3.15 talks about, he says, be prepared always to give an answer, the answer right. for the hope that lies within you when someone asks. And I think, again, we were so into the rote. It was a transactional relationship. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relate to you long enough that I can give you this tract and then get a decision, yep. opposed to just a, a relationship that's ongoing. That and makes I, you a salesman. And. I think that what the younger folks, particularly millennials and below, are really looking forward to is relationship and commitment. Yeah, because I'll tell you one thing that I have learned about millennials and younger is they're sensitive to a sales pitch in a way that none of us ever were. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can smoke that out in a hot minute. We're talking to Chris Buda from the Pittsburgh Experiment. Dave Moore's in for John Hall. Conversation continues in just a minute on the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. This is 
is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure or maybe he's on anxiety meds Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers. Your jewelers for life. At Napa Auto Parts Stores and Napa Auto Care Centers, you can get a $25 prepaid Visa card by mail when you buy any Napa automotive battery. That's Napa know-how at participating Napa Auto Parts Stores and Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer expires August 31st. Variable clouds tonight. We'll have a shower and thunderstorm around, although it will be 67. We'll have a mix of clouds and sun tomorrow with a shower and locally heavy thunderstorm. I will be 78. Mainly cloudy with a low of 64 tomorrow night. It'll be warm and muggy Thursday with a mix of clouds and sun. There could again be an afternoon thunderstorm. I will be near 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Jesus command his followers to go out and baptize uh, people in the name of Jesus. This is something that we all have to do. This is the Great Commission. It didn't stop uh, at the end of the first century. It didn't stop at the end of the last century. Uh, But how we do it, I I think that's that's an important conversation to have because we want to be about uh, 
doing what Jesus told us to do, we also want to be about telling a real story, right? The story that's ours to tell, something that's personal and real. Because the things that impact me the most when I read stories are people's own stories, right? And so if I'm going to share who I believe Jesus to be, I want to share what's in the scripture, and I also want to share what I've experienced myself. Anyway, we're talking about the the ways that our culture and the ways that our country and maybe the ways we talk have changed how we speak about faith. And Chris Buddha's in the studio with me, executive director of the Pittsburgh Experiment, and Dave Moore in for John Hall today. Okay, so Chris, let's talk about this idea of a slow boil. You mentioned that when we were off the air, that, that it's a different type or it's a different way of looking at a conversation about faith. Yeah, for... First, as we're talking about evangelism in the late 20th century, we talked about it being transactional. I think that's for people who are actually doing it. But it scared off so many people that they were doing sales, going door to door selling school candy or something. The people just didn't do it. And so I think there's still a reluctance for believers who are solid in their faith and who really do care about their neighbors to worry about how do I how do I do it? I don't know the right words. And I would say, talking about that Matthew 22, just love your neighbors yourself. Enter into a relationship with your neighbor. With the Pittsburgh Experiment, we do it in the marketplace at work. But if you're working next to somebody, pray for them mm-hmm. and then enter into a relationship with them. Hopefully you like somebody uh, in your community, in your workplace, in your school, wherever you find yourself. And if you like someone, then be their friend, be their neighbor. And as that, as that progresses, is invite them into community with you. It's not necessarily fellowship without parsing the words too much if they're not believers, but to, into community because we know this too from all the studies that it's particularly young people, but we know many people our own age who just lack community, who, who are mm-hmm. sad. Yes. There, there's more people in counseling today than ever in, in the history of the world with the chief complaint being loneliness. Yep. That's despite mm-hmm. all the connectedness we have with social media. And so we've substituted this idea of you relationship out with connectedness. You know, but but that's what they're saying. We're connected. Well, that's that's not the same thing as relationship. And then people are in counseling because they're saying they're lonely despite having 3,000 friends on Facebook. And so this idea of evangelism being loving your neighbor, entering into a relationship, giving them opportunity to get to know you, listening to them, like we said, asking them what they think, and being prepared to answer when they ask what we think. I was with mm-hmm. one group that I run downtown for months, and I just listened to everybody else. And one of them looked at me a couple of weeks ago and said, you never share what you thought. I said, you never asked. And they started laughing because they're a group of lawyers, and they're saying, well, since when do we have to ask permission to tell us what we think? And I think one of them knew what I was getting at, because if you're going to ask what I think about my faith, I will share it. I'm happy to share it, as you were mm-hmm. saying, Dave, as you know, have opportunity to, to share it. I'm happy to share it, but I'm sticking close to that First Peter 3.15. I'm going to give it hope for the, for the, the hope that lies with me. I'm going to give mm-hmm. an answer when someone asks. But I think in this day and age with the loneliness of people, yet despite being in this hotbed of people having knee-jerk reactions to faith and politics and religion and mixing them all in one one, uh, conflagration of of emotion, Mm -hmm. just kind of standing back saying, let me love my neighbor, engage in relationship, pray for them, and look for opportunity just to serve them where they are. I guarantee you, my friends, I guarantee you from my life. I guarantee people are going to say, what is it with you? Or why do you believe what you believe? Because you know what? People know what you believe. You yeah. don't have to shove it down their throat. They know, they know how you handle your words, how you handle your family, how you handle your work. Just wait. Pray that God would open their Amen. hearts to ask that question and respond. And I have seen that happen so many times in my life. It's It's such a joy to be surprised like that when someone asks you that question. It's wonderful. Let me ask you what the Pittsburgh Experiment's doing, Chris. Well, the experiment's going to be 65 years old next year, I believe, uh, and has been based on the principles for 65 years of the power of prayer and the power of relationship. And so the experiment is group-based, marketplace-based. We've got about 21 groups going right now. Some of those are open groups. People can pop in and see as as fit. But what we try to do, kind of a two-pronged approach, uh, 
We have a group for people, men and women, who are of faith, who are just looking to get out of the office uh, once a week, once a month, whatever. There's different frequencies. But just kind of getting out of the office and saying, I'm about ready to burst. I'm a lawyer. I'm a banker. I'm someone downtown uh, who just needs to get a breath of fresh air. Come get a positive focus on life. Share any burdens you have, and then we'll pray for each other. Those are there's some of our groups. The other groups, ones are, that are just more community-based, where we've got people who are coming together kind of with the same thinking in mind, but who aren't people of faith necessarily mm-hmm. yet but who still want that community group. We want to offer that to them as well without, again, forcing what we believe I on people, that. but always being prepared to, yep. to give an answer if someone asks. And most people, when they come, they know, they look at the website, they know we're Christian-based, mm-hmm. they know who we are, uh, but it gives people that opportunity. Now, all that's covered in prayer. The Pittsburgh Experiment for 65 years has been a big believer in prayer, and the two prongs of prayer are the prayer experiment, which... We engage with people. So one way we do it, Dave, you said you ask people if you can pray for them. Mm-hmm. If it's in relationship, we say, you know what? I'm doing this with two different guys right now who are having some deep waters come around their, their breathing canals. Mm-hmm. We just say for 30 days, let's pray and see what God would do. You can do mm-hmm. that as an outreach too. Pray to whatever you believe out there. But we understand if you open your eyes and your heart to God, we trust him to respond. And then we do a monthly prayer time downtown. So it's small groups. It's prayer. It's for people who are faith to get a breath of fresh air from work, but it's people who aren't in faith who say, I just could use some friends. I don't necessarily want to discuss religion, and we're receptive to that, saying, well, come be with us, and we just discuss life. And then just so you know, we are praying for you whether or not you want us to or not. I'll tell you, I love that so much. And it's a reminder that that the gospel, the Spirit of God, is bigger than us, and it's Mm -hmm. bigger than our performance. And if the gospel is true, then... Uh, and if if the Bible is true, then it's going to land. The yeah. people are – if this Bible is true, then people are searching for it, mm-hmm. and it's going to connect. Yeah, it'll happen. It's not something we have to engineer on our own. Or be afraid of. Chris Buddha, a pleasure to have you. Thanks, guys. Listen, yeah, I'm, I'm geeked Chris. about the Thanks, experiment. Dave. Just go with God. It's awesome. Thank you. All the information about the experiment available at where? Chris, give me a website. PittsburghExperiment.org. Is that P-G-H or is it P-I-T-T-S? Yeah, the whole word. It's the whole the thing. Whole word. <laughs> Tell me again. Pittsburgh. PittsburghExperiment.org. <laughs> Spell out everything, <laughs> including org. <laughs> Much more coming up. Stress relief through storytelling next. WORD. In poverty-stricken Ethiopia, children are suffering from severe acute malnutrition. They're starving and dying. But our ministry partners at Save the Children are there to help. Your $60 one-time gift can provide the ready-to-use therapeutic food, the emergency nutrition and medication to bring a child back from the brink of death. Every little bit you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 at the prompt, say the keyword, save the children. You can give online at wordfm.com, keyword, save the children. This AccuWeather Ready Storm Preparedness Tip is brought to you by Duracell. One of the most important things you can do is prepare in advance with a hurricane kit that's stored away and easy to find. Create an emergency kit to include cash, non-perishable food and water, batteries, flashlights, insurance information, and medical records. When you trust Duracell, there's no such thing as a power outage. Duracell batteries available at the Home Depot. In the good old summertime, in the good old summertime. It may sound a little corny, but it really is the good old summertime at the Springhouse in 84. 
The sun is shining, the cows are out on the pasture, the sweet corn is almost ready, the springhouse produce tables are filled with freshly picked vegetables, and we're up to our elbows in ice cream. And you know what? That all makes the springhouse a very fun place to be. Why not jump in the car right now for a country drive to 84? Come for homemade lunch or supper or just to eat ice cream and enjoy sweet country air. Be sure to take home our famous chocolate milk and baked goods. Don't forget that. We're just four miles east of Washington on Route 136, and it doesn't take long to get to us. Call 228-3339 for more directions to the Springhouse in 84. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. We've been talking about sharing our faith and what evangelism looks like. And what Chris Buda was saying from the Pittsburgh Experiment is that our stories are powerful because they're the real thing, right? So if we try to invent some kind of weird way to talk somebody into the family, why would why would we want to do that? I mean, it's not us that's doing it anyway. Like you said five different times, Dave, it's the fact that God is about calling his people wherever they are, from every tribe, from every language, from every nation. All we have to do is just be here and be ready. Right. And, I, and I don't and say willing. that. And I don't say that like flippantly. No, I don't either. I, I've watched it when when we were um, – I'm involved with You Can Read the Bible and the simply inviting people to read the Bible. So many people said, oh, people are never going to do that. They're never mm-hmm. going to get their Leviticus. They're never going to, you know, they never, you have to, you know, just give them a little bite size or just give them the Cliff Notes version. We watched thousands of people just read the Bible. How many thousands? Oh, we were up over 40,000 daily. 40,000 people yeah. just, just reading the Bible. And that was, that that was a oh my goodness, this is way bigger than us. Mm-hmm. The bio th- this this that has been compiled for two thousand years is still so attractive, mm-hmm. almost compulsive for when when people start engaging the truth, even if it hurts. Boy, they want it. Of course, we all want it because that's what our hearts were made for. We're happy to have Amy Simpson with us. Amy's the acquisitions editor for Moody Publishing. She's an author, a speaker, and a leadership coach who helps people get clear on their calling and fully engage in life with guiding purpose. She's the award-winning author of Blessed Are the Unsatisfied. I love that book, Finding Spiritual Freedom in an Imperfect World. She's also the author of Troubled Minds, Mental Illness in the Church's Mission, and Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry. Amy, welcome back. 
Thank you so much. Always great to be here with Hi, you. Amy. So the idea of storytelling, um, you've written about it. We've been talking about what it what it means to share your faith in a way that's authentic and current and real um, and, and all those sorts of things. Um, I bet you see the you, I bet you see the sharing of faith in a similar way. Yeah, exactly. Um, not just you know sharing our faith in in the desire to evangelize people who maybe haven't heard or haven't received that message, but sharing our faith with each other <laughs> um, in a in an effort to encourage each other. And particularly, I think it's critically important for us to share our faith and our experiences with faith intergenerationally. Um, because each generation, you know, we're at different points in our lives, and we bring different insights, we bring different levels of experience, and different types of encouragement to one another. I remember Sunday evening services growing up, which some people may. The, the, the I others, never, you know, the, uh, that was never my reality. No, no. What? Oh, what? Wow. Were you Baptist? Oh, oh no, Baptists were too too liberal for us. <laughs> Uh, we, we grew, no, because they cooperated. Oh, right. Um, you were the independents. But yes, we were the independent Bible believers. But uh, I remember Sunday evening services, and you'd have song, and then you'd have testimony. And you knew certain people would just get long-winded, and they would tell some story about their week. But this was, a, as a kid watching this, this was adults telling their story that had mm. struggle or that had God's mercy or something coming out of that. And I can't think of another experience like that in my life right now. Yeah. What do you say, Amy? Yeah. yeah, I think that's, you know, I actually had some similar experiences. I grew up in a, my dad was a pastor in small churches and we had the Sunday night service. We had the Wednesday night prayer meeting. Yep. And of course, you know, my family was there every time the lights on and, and sometimes when the lights were not on, <laughs> we were there. Um, but yeah, so I had similar experiences growing up in congregations that were actually truly intergenerational. And, you know, that's that's been very, that's very different from the experience I've had for the most part as an adult. Um, but I think there is a lot of power in that and a lot of benefit to learning from people who are ahead of us on the journey, sometimes way ahead, um, partly because they you know, wisdom comes with age, right? We we mm-hmm. don't believe that when we're young, but we know it when we're older, and it's it's true. But also because I think it can be really, really helpful for young people, and maybe now more than ever, to hear that some of the things we see in the world around us, you know, have happened before. Um, we've seen God's power work in and through these circumstances. We've seen um, the the faith of our fathers survive. Through these times, and we can see it again, you know, and we will continue to see it. Um, just, just even understanding things like that, I think, can be really beneficial, especially when you're younger. And and now, because most young people or many young people are hearing most of the voices they hear on a regular basis, really influencing them, especially if they're they spend a lot of time online or on YouTube. Those are voices of people who are at a similar age and stage in life to them. So how can you connect that to stress relief then? Is there a connection to emotional health in simply uh, giving and receiving people's stories? Yeah, I think there is. And and I think a lot of it is in this idea of kind of putting our fears and the things that scare us in perspective, um, particularly historical perspective. Um, you know, for many, especially young people, if, if you don't, if you, it can be easy to think 
that everything we're experiencing in our world right now, this is the first time it's ever happened. Mm. Um, that human nature is somehow, you know, recently invented. That, that what I'm <laughs> and, dealing with is different than anyone has ever dealt with. Yeah, exactly. And in, to some degree, that that's true of every, every generation. You know, if we're talking about te- technological advances or specific events that may happen. But in the broad sense, it's really never true. You know, we know human nature has always been what it is. Um, we go back, you go back all the way throughout history, and you can find examples of people thinking, behaving um, exactly the same ways they do now, and of uh, world events and, and conflicts and um, forces, even in philosophy and, and um psychology, you know, uh, unfolding in the same ways that they do now. And I think it can be, it's very beneficial, I think, for people, especially young people, to understand, you know, humanity has been here before. Um, The church has been here before. Mm -hmm. This is how we've made it through, or this is how we navigated it. And and we can draw on that wisdom and and continue to do that. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of of strength that can come from that and from understanding, okay, this is not something that's never happened before. There is a map that we can follow for this and we're not, we don't have to make it up as we go along. We don't have to carry the full burden of this Mm. as young people. Amy Simpson's with us. She's author, speaker, and leadership coach. Uh, Amy, what about the tendency that I think a lot of families have where we keep the kids at the kids' table, and I don't—I don't just mean at Thanksgiving, mm. but um, but you know, kids are to be seen and not heard. You have and the they, youth service and the yes, and, yeah. exactly. So the kids leave in the middle of the service to go up to you know the children's program, and then they have to go to a youth service when they're in junior high and high school and whatever. And when they're at home, oh, the kids are in the other room doing homework or on their phones. Or I, I just think we can easily allow a bifurcated family life and even church life to happen. And we're depriving our kids from growing up and seeing those things that when we look back at our childhood, there were a lot of adult stories that that impacted me that changed my life. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that. And I think it's I think there's certainly there's a place for age appropriate programming or, you know, for the kids having their own their own space and their own sort of, you know, one thing I often think about is when when I was a kid, you know, we kind of had our own little world. <laughs> you know, you mm-hmm. the kids get together, we run off, we do our own thing. You know, I think there's there's something healthy about that, and there's space for that. But I think it's also very important for all that to be happening within a broader context of intergenerational community. And not only because I think it is there, it does give kids a sense of security, and it it does give us an opportunity to pass along wisdom that we've learned. Um, you know, to help prepare them for what's coming. But it also gives us an opportunity to give them something to aspire to, in a way, and us an opportunity to invite them into adulthood, you know, is, invite them into the sense of community that we experience. Isn't it fun to do that? I have I have kids now who range from 11 to 21. It's always fun to share that movie that I really like for the first time when my kid's old enough mm-hmm. or to tell that family <laughs> it's story. It's finally time to watch Alien together. <laughs> or Blues Brothers. But, you Take know, I, I remember I remember watching, uh, you, you watch these things with my kids and they say, oh, my childhood makes sense now. Because right, they can see, they can see what my made wife you, and I had. Right, and what made you yeah, twisted as you are. That's exactly right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so 
uh, Amy, for those of us or, or for those who are recognizing their bifurcated world and um, like they 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 just they they are living around people, but they feel like they are isolated and on their own island. Um, how do we start to tell our own story without it being a, a self-aggrandizing or tooting our own horns? Because that's the other way that testimony can go. How do we just start talking about ourselves in a way that isn't the typical talking about ourselves? Yeah, it's a good question. I think there, there I, I've, th- this is a concern, but I've sort of, I think I've observed it being more of a concern among older people than it really needs to be often. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, particularly some of the older, um, actually elderly people in my life who are often reluctant to share their stories because they, maybe they think, oh, nobody wants to hear about that, you know, or nobody's interested or I don't want to, you know, sit here. They don't want to sit there and be the, the guy who's just talking about themselves all mm-hmm. the time, right? But um, I think they underestimate how interested the rest of us are in learning from them. And I think the key really is that it, when it's a conversation, you know, it's completely different from monologuing or, you know, just assuming everybody else around you wants to hear your, your stories and your opinions all the time. But when we are listening to them as well, you know, when we're listening to each other and we're contributing our, our piece to the conversation without being you know, timid or feeling weird about it, um, wonderful things can happen in those conversations. And, and of course, the, the power of listening and the value of listening is well established, too. I, I think when older people can lend younger people a listening ear, help them to talk through the things they, they're wondering about, their, the things they believe, the things they experience, um, there's great value in that, too. And it's a great context for also sharing with them our stories, our experiences, our wisdom, and our knowledge. That's Amy Simpson, Acquisitions Editor for Moody Publishing. Check out one of her books, Troubled Minds, Mental Illness, and the Church's Mission, Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry, or my favorite, Blessed are the Unsatisfied, Finding Spiritual Freedom in an Imperfect World. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My Pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a My Pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of My Pillows Premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. 
When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us, at extremetruck.net. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more, because you have choices nearby, and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.net, pittsburghchristianschools.net. This is your middle school child trying to communicate with you. Sometimes you might not recognize your own son or daughter. That's because they barely recognize themselves. It's all part of being a middle schooler. But take heart. Help is here. Best-selling authors Cynthia Tobias and veteran teacher Sue Acuna team up in a new book called Middle School, The Inside Story. Based on interviews with real-life middle schoolers, they'll tell you what your child won't. Middle School, The Inside Story from Focus on the Family. There are some stories that give you a certain level of terror that you didn't know before you read them. Like Jaws? You know, you know, it's a movie I've never seen. What? No. You need to make yourself a root beer float and watch Jaws. I don't know if I really want to watch Jaws. Oh, you know the funny... Do I want... I don't think I really I want a, to watch it. I had a fun experience of taking my son to see it in the theater. Oh, yeah? When it was out for the 40th anniversary. Oh, is it terrifying in the theater? Was it really? It was yes. still scary? It oh, held up? yeah. It really did. It's a great movie. Okay. Okay. Anyways, All right. I'm sorry. Continue. No, no. This is this is not a Jaws level of terror. Okay. But the randomness of it does does shock, shock the observer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a dorsal fin coming out of the water. Mary Lou Ward. Okay. She's just minding her own business. Sunday evening, her toilet exploded. Oh, cool. Okay. I'm sorry. This is every middle school boy's dream. I know. And some grown up. I know. But but the, it, but now that you're a grown up, it shouldn't be your dream come true because lightning hit her septic tank and ignited the methane gas in the pipes. That. And the is. blast completely destroyed the toilet, the pipes, the septic tank, and blew out a bedroom window. Could you imagine explaining that to the insurance company? Exactly. And, of course, what is the first thing everyone thinks is, I'm pretty glad no one was sitting on it at the time. exactly right. Okay, this is where the terror comes in. That's exactly right, yeah. I mean, what in the world? It's true. This It's it's an amazing story. This happened in Florida. Uh, The toilet shattered into a hundred, no, into hundreds of (laughs) pieces. Okay. Now, can now can you make yourself safer if you flush multiple times to like flush the methane out oh, of your pipes? Wow. Would that would that keep you safer? Did you ever have? Did your parents ever tell you don't take a shower during thunderstorms? Yes, of yeah. course. I heard that. Did you hear that, Mike? Yeah, 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 all the time. Yeah, because if don't lightning take strikes, it can transmit through the pipes. Is that true? Yes. Is it really? Yeah. Is it and same for what about if you're if you're taking a bath? It's worse, right? Well, is yeah, it worse? I mean, pipes are pipes are metal, and there's water involved, so. 
See, I don't do it, Kathy. My three-year-old, my three-year-old was taking a bath, and there was we heard thunder. Yeah, and I was like, "Babe, we need to get him out right now." And she was like, "What are you talking about? That's a myth." Because there's water and pipes. It's just electricity, right? Tell I mean, you what, I think that it. Tell her to go downstairs, put her hands on the pipes, see what happens. <laughs> Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The FBI's opening investigations into both the Ohio mass murder and the Gilroy Garlic Festival killings. In California, FBI Special Agent in Charge John Bennett says investigators working on the Gilroy shooter's digital media uncovered what may have been a list of other potential targets. These organizations from across the country include religious institutions, federal buildings, courthouses, political organizations from both major political parties and the Gilroy Garlic Festival. Authorities say the gunman in the deadly Northern California Food Festival shooting fired 39 rounds, fatally striking three people. On Wall Street, the Dow recovered somewhat today, up 311 points to close at 26,029. The Nasdaq rose 107 and the S&P 500 advanced 37. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. The following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amber in trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI US MULO, 52 weeks by UPC. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me, with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Amberin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amberin today. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers. And opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses. And see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer. At EdenChristianAcademy.org Then... I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The Word of God Audio Bible is a radio drama of the New Testament, word for word from Scripture, voiced by some of Hollywood's biggest names. Own this 22-hour audio New Testament. 
log on to wordofgodaudiobible.com. And for a limited time, you can download the audio Gospel of Mark free. Visit wordofgodaudiobible.com. If you're living under the dark cloud of hidden secrets and judgment, then it's time for you to apply the teaching of Psalm 51 in your own life. Join Terry Hanna for Christians with Secret Addictions. How amazing would it be that rather than hide in the darkness of our past, we can have God himself as our hiding place, our place of safety, his unfailing love and forgiveness just like David experienced. Christians with Secret Addictions, Sunday night at 645 on WORD. Variable clouds tonight. We'll have a shower and thunderstorm around, although we'll be 67. We'll have a mix of clouds and sun tomorrow with a shower and locally heavy thunderstorm. I will be 78. Mainly cloudy with a low 64 tomorrow night. It'll be warm and muggy Thursday with a mix of clouds and sun. There could again be an afternoon thunderstorm. I will be near 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Happy to have you with us today. It's the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. As I said earlier in the show, it is a dog day of summer. If you're looking for what the definition of dog days of summer are, this is, one of them. This is definitely one of them. But, you know, put it in your back pocket and try to pull it out like January 15th, and then you'll be glad. Right. But have you noticed, we're getting a little later in the summer, the evenings are nice. Yes, it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. I never want summer to end. You've heard the voice of Dave Moore from the Pittsburgh Urban Christian School, subbing for John Hall, who's taking another day off. Dave, happy you're here. Happy I'm here. Yesterday, uh, unfortunately, our conversation was dominated by the incredibly sad tragic events in El Paso and Dayton over the weekend. And we talked about and listened to portions of the president's address. And we talked about law enforcement and we talked about different perspectives and the the hand wringing and the feelings of helplessness that we all have. Um, now we've had, you know, another 24 hours to process. And of course, there are opinions everywhere in the ether, right? In yep. every website and every news uh, site and all over social media, you name it. And it's hard to kind of uh, cut through all that. Um, but I think there are a couple procedural things that are helpful to understand. And I saw a piece on CBS News today that gave me some information I didn't have before. Because you've heard the words domestic terrorism, if you've been paying attention to the news over the last couple of days. And um, they're talking about perhaps prosecuting the El Paso shooter and then the shooter from the vineyard, um, from the the wine show in California yes. last week, both as domestic terrorists. And so it caused me to Google today, like, so what... Why is that different? Like, what, what's different if we prosecute something? Yeah. What does the name mean? As a, as a domestic terrorist. Well, this uh, the CBS story, and let me cite it appropriately, helped me to figure it out. This is by Brian Paskus. Um, he writes this. He's, he's, introdu- he's uh, interviewing somebody by the last name of McCord, who's a part of the FBI. And he says that murder is a different type of crime than domestic terrorism. So murder is inherently a local crime. So if we're talking, um, I hate to use the words run-of-the-mill homicide because no homicide is run-of-the-mill. But if you're talking about a homicide that happens, you know, here in the city, perhaps in local causes, local... Exactly, exactly. Um, But terrorism, 
which we're talking about in El Paso and in California, that is a crime done to intimidate or coerce the population Hmm. or to influence a policy of the government through intimidation or coercion. I think it's instructive for us to think about it that way. So this isn't just a, a crazy person who's just shooting up a place. This is actually what, when we think of an ISIS-sponsored attack in the United States, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Timothy McVeigh. Exactly. It's just the homegrown version of that, right? So there are different federal interests that are at stake when we're talking about domestic terrorism than we're talking perhaps about another type of shooting. So I think that's um, – I think we need to maybe – include that in our conversation about what it is that we're experiencing in America now. This, this, what happened this weekend is not just a mass shooting. That What you're saying yeah. is that we, they're connected to an ideological purpose. Right. Yep, exactly. And I come to this point very sadly, but it is true. CBS News reports that the FBI says that it has 850 open domestic terrorism investigations going on right now. Hmm. So they're investigating 800 cases of domestic terrorism, 40% of them motivated by racial extremism. Hmm. Isn't this, we were getting at this yesterday, uh, calling evil. 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 Are, we, are we okay with calling evil evil? That um, the, the any rhetoric that incites one person to hate another person to um, want to injure another person because of their skin color. Can we call that evil? Yes. Okay. Then we'll just call it evil. Okay, good. Let's see we what should. happens. Um, I, I think we've been like, I, I understand there are political points to be made by everybody for every purpose under the sun. Can we as a society come to an agreement that that's bad? If we as a society cannot agree that that's bad, then we have much bigger problems. And we might be afraid to find out whether we as a society can can, can agree on that. I was talking to my uh, my family over the weekend. We were downtown walking around. It was a, one of those gorgeous summer nights you were talking about where the mm-hmm. temperature is wonderful. So we were down at the point and in the fountain and all that sort of thing. And we were just talking about, you know, this and that. And um, it was right after the El Paso shooting. And I mentioned uh, how it's strange to look back and see how things – I hate to use the word fad, but things kind of go in cycles. That's probably a better term yeah. for it. Remember when there were hijackings all the time? Yes. You remember those days, right? Yeah. And so and they were uh, the mostly 80s. they were mostly politically sponsored terrorist attacks. Right. Right now, sometimes nobody got hurt. Sometimes it was just for the purpose of intimidation, um, the purpose of causing a government to pay attention. Um, but sometimes people were killed, like the Pan Am flight, so, Lockerbie, so Scotland. Hostage taking was the statement du jour. Right. This is our new statement du jour. Hmm. So, in my mind, I'm I'm not citing anyone yeah. anyone's writing, and I'm just saying that's how I see it. I'm not, and that doesn't help me or any of us to figure it out. But I think looking at it kind of the same way we looked at hijacking might be instructive. 
that there is a there is a type of societal fascination where one thing follows another, and there also is an element of trying to take a society hostage. There goes Ecclesiastes again. Okay, I, I, I was talking to someone recently who's, who's very very conservative, and um, and yet she grew up during the Vietnam War and protested the Vietnam War. If you bring up Vietnam, she would say, she said, I'd protest it again. And I can see the same thing happening with Iran, and I still don't understand why we're doing this. I don't understand why my friends died then, and I don't understand why kids are going to die now. And that's a reminder, oh, we've been here before. Mm -hmm. This is nothing new. So there's nothing new under the sun. That's the Ecclesiastes link. That's the Ecclesiastes link, yes. So – um. Yes. What's what? The method is terrifying. It's supposed to be. It's right. That's what it is. And I think if we recognize, like, the whole point is to terrify us. Right. That's what. That's why hijackers took airplanes. Is they wanted to see the two hundred people on board terrified. Right. These people who are shooting, they want to see people terrified. That's what it is. It, I, I, again, I don't know what that means as far as helping us to fight it, but at least we're calling it. What it is. Let's call it what it is, and and get if it's not guns, it's going to be pipe bombs. It's going to and and I'm not saying that for or against gun control. What I'm saying is that if if somebody is angry, and if they feel societal license, or they they believe there is they are either oppressed, trapped like a caged bear, and they need to burst out in some way, or to make some kind of point, or they feel as though they're going to um, uh, uh, launching up a general uprising in order to to create space for themselves as they see their needs, then they're going to use whatever method is necessary. You can take away the guns; they'll use something else. They'll, they'll mm. they will keep trying. Just like you mentioned, it's not as easy to take planes hostage anymore. Right. So we'll find something else. TSA can't stop every active shooter. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and and let's uh, let's let's get to underlying causes and and more importantly, get to whatever in society is causing people to feel trapped or feeling licensed to think that someone with a different skin color, a different religion is less than. Every time we see that, we got to speak out against it. Yes. It's our obligation as people who follow Jesus, and it's our obligation as people who love this country. We speak out against racial intolerance whenever we see it. All right, so while speaking of character and speaking of what to say and what not to say, we're going to talk to Terry Tim next. We're going to talk about the place of character in our culture. What does it look like? That's next on The Ride Home. WORD. The teen years are critical for our sons. Here's Dr. Gary Chapman. We're losing far too many young men by the time they get to be 18. And the decisions a young man makes in those years, you know, 11 to 18 or so, are going to greatly impact the rest of his life. How to develop character in the lives of young men as they grow. Next time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. Since we started Energy Swing more than 20 years ago, we've always looked at this as a relationship business. Most other companies look at it as a transaction. You go out and sell windows and move on to the next person. When buying windows and doors, Energy Swing believes in giving you the red carpet treatment. Everybody in the company all the way through 
interacts with customers as they are building a relationship, like you would with a friend or family member, not a transaction. And over time, that relationship is developed into what we call red carpet experience, which starts when you call us to make an appointment all the way through until the truck pulls out of your driveway and beyond. We will come out and take care of them. So that whole relationship experience we have, we've labeled the red carpet experience because that's the way we try to treat our customers. We treat our customers as friends and family, not as a dollar sign. And because of the way we do business, we think we are totally different than everybody else in the market. Mention Word FM for an additional 5% off over and above any other discount. At energyswingwindows.com. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. She has a way of communicating to you what's going on and correcting you with you actually wanting to do it. With Dr. Megan Stock, exceptional dental care can be habit-forming. Personally, I was doing some habits that I could have gotten better at, and I never really felt motivated to change before. And then after meeting with Dr. Megan, she said it in such a nice way that it's like, oh, well, maybe I should start doing these things. It changed some of my habits because of her. So it's pretty cool. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Welcome to Office Depot. How can I help you? We're getting her organized for back to school. Yep, got my green notebook and folder for chemistry. I mean, science is always green because, of course. Right, because math always has red notebooks. Right, because blue notebooks are for English. English. And And yellow yellow are for for social social studies. studies. And And purple purple is for for music. music. And, uh, are we we twins? Uh, no. Get everything on their list from the advisors at Office Depot Office Max. This week's doorbusters, school backpacks for $10. $10 in store or online at officedepot.com. Limit 2 excludes New Balance. You know, none of us know what to do. None of us know the, you know, the the magic answer to keep mass shootings from happening in America. And yesterday we talked, let's see, we talked about uh, gun control. We talked about video games. We talked about loneliness. We talked about isolation. We talked about the uniqueness of young men. Um, Racism. Racism. We talked about um, just now we talked about political intolerance and the need to make people afraid. And, you know, no topic should be off limits. You know, yesterday we said, look, if you're talking to somebody, whether it's whether it's a, a politician who has who has power and a vote or if it's a person who lives in your house or maybe it's one of your neighbors or your kid or your parent or whatever it is, all ideas should be on the table. I'm telling you, I want to hear what anyone has to say, because none of we all want to solve this. Right. And so the more ideas, the better. The one thing that that I am afraid of is that people are going to like because there's some cultural consensus, we're afraid to say a thing. No, we shouldn't. Look, if you think that we need to pray more then say it out loud when someone asks you what what you think we need to do Um, when it comes to conversations about this crisis we also have to come to the idea of character and i'm telling you the easiest thing in the world is to point to somebody especially somebody in public and say they don't have any but the harder thing is to recognize that this whole society is based on us looking at ourselves and saying you know what i don't have any 
If we spend more time looking at ourselves and less time pointing out the faults in others, I think we're going to be a lot further down the road to some kind of, if not solution, at least hope for the future. Terry Tim is with us. Terry's from Christ Community Church of the South Hills. Terry, we always like your character. Welcome in. Well, it's good to be with you and good to see you again, Dave. Good to see you again, Terry. So all ideas around the table, right? I mean, we all want to find a way that people don't have to suffer like we're watching. Well, well, you know, Kathy, you used that word crisis, and I really think that's a, a word that describes the time that we're in right now. Now, I know you could probably say every moment in time has a has different crisis, a, a different right. crises, but I think this is a unique moment, uh, particularly in our history as a nation. Uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, a uh, pastor uh, friend of mine in Nashville, who, who just came back from a 10-week sabbatical. And uh, he stepped into his community this past weekend uh, in light of the mass shootings. It was his first Sunday back. And he's like, he said to me, and he's a younger pastor. He's much, much younger than I am. He said, Terry, this this seems like the hardest time I've ever had to pastor a church. And I said to him, I said, Danny, I've been doing this for over 30 years, and this is the hardest time in my experience of the, the challenge to be a pastor and to lead a community uh, in the midst of the crises that we're experiencing as, as, as a nation. That said, I think crisis does two things. It, it reveals our character mm-hmm. and it forms our character. Mm-hmm. So that the things that we face as a people, as a church, as a country, it's an opportunity for each of us, and I love what you said, Kath, that, I mean, that this, this road to character begins actually when we begin to observe ourselves, we become self-aware. And so as we individually and communally navigate through what's happening in our, in our country, it's, it's a gut check, it's yes, a reality it check, is. like what's going on inside of yeah. me, what, what, what's my character? And then it's also this opportunity to say, okay, God, this is where I am. This is where we are. Would you do something in me so that I could actually be an instrument of hope and life and change and justice in the world? So in the midst of the hardship, I I don't think we should despair. We should actually say, God, show me who I am, who Mm -hmm. I am in you, and what you want to do in me, with me, and through me in this very, very challenging time. Mm -hmm. What do you say, Terry, about this propensity? I get this is just human nature that we want to point at the evil over there or out there. We say, I see it over there. I see it in that guy. I see it in that woman. And, you know, I, you know, we have to heap all of our collective disgust on a particular person and not that we're, we don't want to be self reflective. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's human nature. Yeah, I know it's my human nature. If I can deflect it oh, on someone else, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier. <laughs> well, it I don't have to do something else to think about. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, besides I, my own, b- b- besides my own, and we can always find somebody who's worse than we are. Yes. Right. I mean, there's just always someone, whether it's near or far, anywhere in between. And so then I don't have to do uh, my work. I, I just I do think that's a part of the the human uh, reality. I also think that if we're going to make any progress, uh, so so the summer on vacation, I read David Brooks' his book, The Road to Character. Oh, did you like that? I I liked parts of it. It's a long <laughs> book, and uh, I think he is I, it too long. It's too long, in my opinion. If 
I mean, it's a great book if you love hi- historical sketches, and he's got lots of them in there. You'd prefer an alley to character <laughs> or a street to character. <laughs> right. Well, he, I find it, I find it so interesting. Even in the introduction, I, I tried something. I never do audio books, and I, I did did his book uh, on audio book. And he says right in the introduction, he says, "For some of you, you'll only want to read the beginning and the end." And that's like me. <laughs> yeah. That's what like the really important stuff is. But, but. Uh, Long story short on that, he says, the road to character actually begins when we all recognize that we're all flawed human beings. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the starting point. Yeah. We're actually all in this together. And so rather than pointing the finger outward, mm-hmm. being willing to do the, the reflective uh, self-examination work that God calls all of us to. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. It is hard. So your starting point dictates, and your recognition of your starting point dictates really how far your character can go. Absolutely. And I do think, I don't think our culture values character. I mean, we, we live in an image-based culture. Yeah. I mean, that it's, it's always been that way, I think, in human history, uh, that we, we live out of projection, mm-hmm. but there's so many more opportunities to present a false self and a false image in our world, particularly in a social media-driven world. I mean, we want to we do our best to present the quickest image that will po- portray the best of us, we're, we're masters at spin, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, we we live with this false sense of reality. And sometimes, I mean, we believe our own image making. Like we think we're way better than we actually yeah. are. And uh, and the gospel and the Christian faith always uh, in the Judeo Christian tradition has always called us, Dave, to to examine ourselves. I mean, one of one of my favorite texts is in Psalm 139, where David says, Search me, O God, know my heart, try me, see if there's any anxious or hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. That's, but that's hard work, right? I'd rather live in the image of what I can present to the world and, and try, to, try to win people over and not really reveal what's in my heart. Uh, but for the Judeo-Christian tradition, it's always like starting with facing the reality that we are beautiful and broken mm-hmm. people, and we live in that tension. All right, here's another problem, is it takes time, and we're very busy. I think that's another problem when it comes to self-assessment. When it comes to like sober, you know, search me and know my heart, like saying that to God when you're like running to catch the bus is not the same as when you actually are taking the time to do it. I think that's another problem we've got. And I know that's a problem I have in my own life is it's just there's a lot going on. And so those times of self-reflection are times when I feel like I need to be doing something. Character is developed over a lifetime. I mean, there's no quick fix. Mm. I mean, I think just just as this, uh, I love it if I could just get my body in good physical shape by going to the gym one afternoon. But it's mm-hmm. like show up mm-hmm. you know, six days a week. It takes time, days, weeks, months, years to tend to our body. It's It's the same thing with our character. And again, we live in this instantaneous uh, world. So I think if, I mean, a, a great starting point is learning how to slow down. I mean, I'm a I'm a type A action oriented aggressive personality. One of my one of my disciplines that I it is a spiritual discipline is to walk slower. Mm. Like 
I was in a store today. My wife would be so happy I, with that. I, I was in a store today, and I, I knew exactly what I wanted to get, and I, think, I thought, I can do this. I could do this in like two minutes, mm-hmm. which is true. I probably could, could have accomplished that simple task, but something just caught me. And, and Terry, this is an opportunity for you to slow okay, down. Okay, why are you doing that? Just because slowing down requires me to be more present to myself, hmm. my thoughts, my emotions, the world around me. And again, that that's the, st- I think, a self-awareness and self-knowledge is the beginning point. And if I'm just rushing through life, I don't have, I don't have time to do that. I don't have the energy. I don't have the mental focus to do that. So again, that, that may sound like a simple thing, but choosing, like, the, the, again, in the store, there was an individual who was walking slowly before me. And my, my initial reaction is, I'm just going to swerve right around them. But choosing to go slower, and that's the work of character. Choosing to work on my character mm-hmm. over time is an intentional decision. Man, that's good. That's really good. That's a real challenge to me. Terry Tim's with us. He pastors Christ Community Church at the South Hills, but today he's talking to us. There's more conversation about character. We're going to talk about the Book of Ruth? Absolutely. Okay, next All on the right. ride home. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen, and it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. 12. You know, I'm not a genius about money. I love my credit cards, and they love me. I was using them as a source of income, and then I got behind in my payments, and creditors were calling. I figured I had a problem, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I heard about Trinity, so I called and talked to a counselor. In half an hour, we worked out a plan. Now I've got one easy monthly payment, a lower interest rate, and I'm getting out of debt. If you're in an endless cycle of paying on credit card balances that never seem to go away, then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity will consolidate your accounts, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Call 1-800-936-5496. Do you find yourself struggling to get comfortable while trying to read or watch TV in bed? Consider an adjustable bed from the original Mattress Factory and elevate your sleep experience. Raise your head and feet to the zero-gravity position to help relieve joint pressure and provide optimal comfort. The original Mattress Factory offers two models of high-quality adjustable beds at an excellent value. Both models are designed to pair perfectly with an original mattress. Visit an original Mattress Factory location near you to find the perfect adjustable bed and mattress for you. Sleep impacts your ability to focus, learn, and solve problems. 
But according to Harvard Medical School, only 11% of American college students are sleeping well. At the Original Mattress Factory, we can't guarantee that your college student won't stay up until 3 a.m. cramming before a big exam. But we can provide a hand-built, high-quality mattress at a factory-direct price when they are finally ready to get some rest. Visit an Original Mattress Factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Variable clouds tonight. We'll have a shower and thunderstorm around, although we'll be 67. We'll have a mix of clouds and sun tomorrow with a shower and locally heavy thunderstorm. High will be 78. Mainly cloudy with the low 64 tomorrow night. It'll be warm and muggy Thursday with a mix of clouds and sun. There could again be an afternoon thunderstorm. High will be near 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. talking Terry Tim? No, we're talking character with Terry Tim. <laughs> or we're trying, talking Terry Tim with a <laughs> character. to leave the room while you do that? <laughs> I was trying to get my headset on while I was talking and have clearly shown you that I cannot we're do two things at one time. We're talking character with Terry Tim. <laughs> That's right. All right, Terry. So um, you brought up the Book of Ruth. I love, love the Book of Ruth. I love it. It's a great story. There's beautiful elements to it. It's like it brings out it's like poetic and it's kind of sad and it's inspir it's kind of has a little bit of everything. It really does have a it's it's a great story. I love it, it. It's a story of it's a human story. Yeah. And I've been reading it this this summer and and spending a lot of time reflecting on the character development of the characters in the book of Ruth. Mm-hmm. And again, in this crisis of character, where, where crisis reveals character and forms character, there's all sorts of life lessons that I think are so applicable to our lives as mm-hmm. followers of Jesus in the 21st century. That's one of the things I, I, I love about Scripture. You can take this ancient document filled with all sorts of genres of literature, and God uses it to bring truth to our life yeah. right now, right here. And and so that's kind of how I've been reading through the book of Ruth. Like, what does it teach me about developing a godly character? And so there's tons and tons of principles. I mean, there's not that many characters in no. in Ruth, but there are different types of characters. And so the, the, the story begins with a crisis. If you remember the, the book of Ruth, mm-hmm. there's a family that lives in Bethlehem, which right. is the house of bread, and they experience a famine. And that's a crisis. I mean, it's a life and death crisis. And uh, the man's name there, the, the head of the household, is Elimelech. And he makes a decision in the midst of crisis that reveals something about character. He decides to leave Bethlehem and go to Moab. Now, on first read, that looks like that's, that's exactly what you would do. I mean, you have a famine in one place, you're going to die if you don't get something of food, so you go to somewhere where you think there's going to be food. But if you if you think about that, in Elimelech, his name means, my God is king. Hmm. So I want you to think about that. So uh, here's here's a principle on character. Characters, uh, Character development begins when we understand who's in charge of the universe. 
a limit- character development begins when we understand who's in charge of the universe. Correct. Okay. Elimelech's name means my God is king. And yet he chooses to leave Bethlehem, the, the house of bread, and he chooses to go to Moab because he believes the grass is greener over there. Now, again, we don't have time to unpack the whole Old Testament, but God, Moab is not a place that God wanted his people to have anything to do with. No. I mean, there's a terrible backstory yes. with, with Moab. And what in the world, why would you choose to go to that space? So this crisis reveals something like, like Elimelech chooses, I'm going to make a life for myself. I'm going to be in charge of the universe. I'm going to take action. I'm going to do what looks to be the correct thing to do. And ultimately, he doesn't trust God. And he's going to leave the place where God had promised to provide for him. Where God had promised to provide, right? So, I mean, this this crisis reveals that Elimelech does not have an abiding trust in God. And again, for me, that, that as, as a follower of Jesus, that's got to be the starting point for the examination of my own character. Who do I trust more with my life, myself or God? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I could say quite often, mm-hmm. I, I'm not just throwing a limelock under the bus. I'm <laughs> like, I'm there as well, because too often I make those kinds of choices. We're talking about our choices and our characters. More coming up with Terry Tim and Dave Moore on today's Ride Home. WORD. It's summer in Pittsburgh, but already Word FM is talking about heading back to school. Back to school! If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORD half-price tuition deals now at wordfm.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half. See the complete list of schools now at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. 
Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Providence Presbyterian Church. Washington Alliance Church. Bethlehem Lutheran Church. St. John the Baptist Church. Impact Christian Church. The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Oh, character, it's so painful. It's, it, we're with Terry Tim in the studio. And Terry, you brought up the fact that when you go to the gym, you want to be in good shape after the first workout. But it doesn't work like that. It's so frustrating. Character is the long haul. And that's what we're talking about. We've got Dave Moore in the studio who's in for John. Terry Tim, Christ Community Church in the South Hills. So, Terry, you're talking about the Book of Ruth and the character development of each of the people. Yeah, it's it's that ancient book that speaks into our modern day. The, the book is named after Ruth, and she's a central character in this story. And it's really interesting. God uses a, a non-Hebrew woman to teach so many lessons mm-hmm. about character. So, Yeah, pick up where you left so, off. So, so there's this famine, right? And Elimelech chooses to align with the the country of Moab, where God said, don't have anything to do with these people, don't have anything to do with these women. And he takes his wife, Naomi, and their children, and they assimilate into this Moabite culture, even to the point where they marry Moabite women, one of them It was as though he was no longer Jewish. Yeah. I mean, again, my God is king, but he's living as if he's the king of his own existence. Right, and there's a there's a little. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I think most people don't even pick up on it, but it says they lived in Moab for ten years, and his two sons were married. And if you look closely at that, I don't know. My assumption would be if two guys were married for a ten year period, there might be some children mm-hmm. that come out of that marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm just just right. saying that, right? Mm-hmm. Chances so, are, chances are, but there's no. No, no offspring out of that. So even that just kind of is some clue here. They're, they're, they're outside of you know, the will of God. And it gets worse, right? The story keeps getting worse. Everybody yeah. dies. Elimelech dies. Naomi's two sons die. And Naomi is just left with this, these two Moabite daughters-in-law. I mean, think of how tragic that situation yeah. really is. Here you are, a Hebrew woman, you're living in a foreign land, and now all that you have left is these two Moabite women. And Naomi decides she's going to go back to Bethlehem. She thinks she's going to make a life for her there. And again, it's an interesting read of the story. Uh, she 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 seems to have the well-being of these two Moabite daughters-in-law in mind when she says, just stay here. Just stay in your own country. You'll be able to make a better life for yourself. And I'm not exactly sure if that really was Naomi's motivation there. Part of me thinks that she knew the kind of drag that those two foreign women would be if she brought them back to to Bethlehem. 
And so she's kind of politely saying, it'd be much better off for you. But in her mind, she's thinking, it's going to be a lot better for me when I go home. And even when she returns to Bethlehem, the, the narrative talks about how the, the residents of Bethlehem greet her, but they totally ignore Ruth. There's no reference to the, the people of Bethlehem recognizing this Moabite daughter-in-law that Naomi brings back with her. And yet, the one who rises to the challenge, who's willing to do the hard work, is Ruth. In, in chapter 2, she knows that things are very, very difficult, and she has enough understanding of the Hebrew God and the Hebrew ways. She recognizes there's this concept called gleaning mm-hmm. that God had built into the, to the, to the to law of Moses. And Ruth a woman of character, a woman of substance, is willing to roll up her sleeves and go out into the field and do hard work. That, to me, is a beautiful sign of character. Someone who's not willing, uh, who is doesn't just sit back and wait for somebody else to take care of them, but steps into the process of doing the work. It's hard work. It's risky work. So talk about what gleaning and is. And it's biblical work. So God puts this law in, in place for his, his people. He says, when you harvest your fields, you know, the, the human inclination is to take as much as you can out of those fields, to mm-hmm. get 100% profit. And God says- All the way to the edge. All the way to the edge, right? Maximize profit, right? We, we, we hear that in, in, in and business And we hear schools. that's a sign of good character. That's right. Maximize profit. God says, in my community- we're going to care for the poor and the vulnerable in a multiplicity of ways. And one of them is by leaving some of the produce of your harvest in the field so that the poor and the vulnerable are not going to get a handout, but they're actually going to work in a way that they can sustain their well-being. Mm. So it's a beautiful illustration of compassion, capacity, welfare, work. The, I mean, God's economy is yeah. very, very different. And again, Ruth steps right into that space. She works hard. She goes to the field, and she's willing. She actually is willing to care for her mother-in-law. We have no idea how old Naomi is, but my suspicion is she's not that old because even in the first chapter she talks about the potential of her marrying and bearing a son so it seems like she's actually still in childbearing year but there's no in the story there's there's no clue that Naomi says I'm going to go out and do the work mm-hmm. it's Ruth a woman of noble character who commits to God commits to Naomi and says I'm going to go out in the field, and I'm going to do the work so that I can provide for you and myself so that we can have a life here. And That's she, character. And she tells Naomi, "You, your people will be my people. Oh. Your God will be my God. She commits, right? Yeah. Character commits. There's a sense of loyalty. One of the words that, that manifests itself often in the book of Ruth is the word kindness. Kindness. Hmm. I think historically, when we would look at kind of the virtues, the, the virtuous characters, you know, integrity, justice, bravery, courage, I don't know that kindness makes it on any of the list of virtues. And yet, it's a powerful, powerful biblical concept. Because it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance in the first place. I mean, talk about a central element. That's our relationship with God. It's at the heart of yeah. God's heart for us, God's covenant kindness. And that's, Dave, what you said. That's what Ruth commits to, right? She understands the kindness of God, and she makes that covenant commitment to God and Naomi, and she 
puts herself in this story, and then she begins to manifest this kindness that's not a soft kindness, right? Mm -hmm. It's a firm, loyal, committed, I'm willing to go to the ends for you and for what is right. And again, that to me is a sign of character. Character is revealed when we're willing to commit and stick with someone or something no matter what the cost is. And Ruth is that kind of has that kind of noble character that mm. that the scriptures say is kindness. We we could use that kind of kindness in our <laughs> culture today. We could use that type of hard work. We could use that type of compassion. We could use use that type of commitment. All of those things. All of those things would be game changers, again, in our neighborhoods, in the workplace, in our communities, in the church, and in the larger culture. And these are godly characters, uh, uh, characteristics of godly people that, again, are revealed through this simple little story in the Old Testament. Mm, we're listening to Terry Tim. He's the pastor of Christ Community Church of the South Hills. All right, so in our remaining minutes, Terry, you want to talk about Boaz? So Boaz, um, he is described in, in, in Ruth as a man of standing or a man of substance or a man of character. It's the, the word that's used to say Boaz was a man of standing or substance is actually the same word that the writer of Proverbs uses when in Proverbs 31, mm. he talks about the woman of noble character. Mm. It, it's the same word, mm. the same Hebrew description. And it's actually a word that's used to describe Ruth. Boaz and Ruth manifest this nobility of character. Boaz, uh, this, this might be a word for anyone in, in the business world. Boaz runs a godly business. He recognizes this gleaner in his field. Just because it was built into the Mosaic law doesn't mean that all business owners followed right. that law. And he was very careful. He said, take care of this woman. Ruth knew it, Naomi knew it, that quite often when women were so vulnerable, and Boaz, he, he was proactive to care for this woman. He not only gave in clear instructions to his worker, he actually brought Ruth to his table. That's like an unheard of thing, <laughs> you know, in, in that culture, to care for her that well. And, and Ruth picked up on it. In, in, in Ruth chapter 2, there's this, this dialogue between Ruth and Boaz, and Ruth says to Boaz, you noticed me. What was it about you that you noticed me a foreigner. And I love that, yeah, that, that phrase, you noticed mm. me. So I think part of the character that's revealed in Boaz's life is that he was a man who took time to notice people. And he began, he saw things the way God saw mm. things. He, he, he synced up his reality with God's reality. And I, I think for me, that's as I've looked at the, the character of Boaz, this, this power of noticing, am I aware uh, of who God brings into my life and what they need and how I might actually be a conduit of blessing in their life and how they might be a conduit of blessing in my life as well? Because Boaz not only extends himself graciously to Ruth as the story goes on, 
Boaz says to Ruth, you have extended this incredible kindness to me as well. So there's a mutuality of, mm-hmm. of covenant kindness between Boaz and Ruth. That, that is, it's, it is a compelling love story, not the kind of love story that we, <laughs> we talk about in our culture, but a love story that's based on the covenant uh, loyalty that God has for us and we can actually have for one another. And so Boaz is the Redeemer. He, he, is the, he is the prototype redeemer who is willing to sacrifice for the well-being of others. There's this Hebraic sense of righteousness that a righteous person is someone who is willing to disadvantage themselves for the sake of others. There's, there's, can I just mention one other character in, in Ruth? There, there's a guy in Ruth chapter 4 that is unnamed. He is the redeemer who is closer in the in the mm, org chart mm. of the family, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And in the, as the story of redemption goes on, Boaz realized there's somebody who has first right of yes, redemption. and I need to ask him and if it's okay. And I need to okay. ask him, right? right. Boaz, the, his character is he's going to do the right thing. This guy is never named. And actually the Hebrew is the, the Hebrew phraseology is like, hey, Mr. So-and-so, <laughs> Mr. What's-his-name, <laughs> yeah. right? And when he hears about the the land deal, he immediately says, "I'm in," because he he wants to gain some more land, right? Yeah. He, he this is going to up my bottom line, and then he realizes, well, there's this woman attached to it, and he immediately says, "Oh my gosh, I can't do this. I I cannot endanger my own inheritance. I cannot endanger my own inheritance, right?" That situation revealed his character. He's thinking short term. He's thinking his own. His own wealth and the extension of his limited understanding of family. And so he says, I can't do it, Boaz, go ahead. And Mr. So-and-so, if you actually, uh, if you go to the New Testament and you read the genealogy of Jesus, Mr. So-and-so missed his opportunity (laughs) to be in the genealogy of Jesus. That's true. he wasn't willing to sacrifice his own self-interest for the cause of someone else. And Boaz stepped into that space, and his inheritance is that he is included. He and Ruth are included in the genealogy of Jesus. I would say that's a pretty good inheritance, mm-hmm. a pretty good legacy. What a terrific, terrific story of character. Well, that's Terry Tim, Christ Community Church of the South Hills. We'll be right back with more on The Ride Home. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. What's happened to my son? We raised him in a church and he went to youth group. 
He's not acting like himself, and this morning, I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call today, 724-265-4100, or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. So the only thing really keeping you from enrolling your children in Christian school is sports? Trinity Christian School answers that concern with boys' soccer, girls' volleyball, and track for boys and girls. A well-rounded Christian education with the sports opportunities you want? Now that sounds really good. Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, you can get a $25 prepaid Visa card by mail when you buy any Napa automotive battery. That's Napa know-how at participating Napa Auto Parts stores and auto care centers. While supplies last, offer expires August 31st. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassion care at stockfamilydentistry.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half off home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping. And God save the green. Closing out the hour with Dave Moore, who's been in for John Hall and Terry Tim, Christ Community Church in the South Hills. I want to return to where we started at the beginning of our program today because it's National Root Beer Float Day. And it's such a beautiful thing. I feel like it needs to be honored a little more than we had the opportunity to. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think we've talked about character. We've talked about domestic terrorism. We've talked about uh, storytelling and evangelism. And now we return to the float. The is rising to the top now. Yeah. Terry. you know, New Mike admitted publicly, which and we were sad about it, that he'd never, ever even considered making a Coke float. It's true. It's true. Sad but true. Really? What? That, that, that is sad. And he never even thought that like, it could be done. It needs to be a Diet Coke float. No, but You would not ever <laughs> no. do that. Heck yeah. No, you would not. <laughs> see, you see, could I, not do that. No, That's horrible. You, one of my cardinal kind of convictions is never drink calories. Okay, what's well, so? What are you putting in it? Diet Coke. Well, I know, but what about but the ice cream? No ice cream? Oh, ice cream! I'm not okay. that. That's not drinking. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. A, you know, no, you drink the, is about okay. you drinking and justifying what you. <laughs> okay, really now listen. Anyways. You have you have transgressed a line, <laughs> and that's what it is. You can never mix actual sugar with fake sugar. You can never ever do that because it's like some horrible thing happens, and the the universe is off its. I have to say, though, that that does bring back just amazing childhood memories of A&W root beer, mm. where they would, the little, the, the, the fast food place, and they would come to the car, they'd put the thing on your window. I never, Kathy, ha- you're I not, know. You're not even old enough no, to No, I don't that. know that. I actually think the, the waitresses, they wore roller skates, and they would skate out to your car. 
That's a blast from that's my childhood. That's really guy. cool. Yeah, they need to bring that cool. back. That is a great yep. idea, Mike. It's great marketing with glass isn't it? mugs, right? Yes. On a tray. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's very exciting. What, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> right. Okay. So now Eaton Park. That's how Eaton Park started, right? Is that it was park right. neat, right? Mm-hmm. You'd pull in and the people would come yep. out and I don't think bring they roller skated though. But only A and W people roller skate. It's I like think what so. is that a combination of like waitressing and I roller don't derby? Know. Whose idea was that? Nope, I have no idea. I think I saw that on Happy Days. Yes, I grew up in Milwaukee. Oh really? I yeah. never knew that. Yes, I is did. It, that, is that that's where Laverne and Shirley yeah, was how, from? Well, well, on Happy Days. On Happy Days. Okay, yeah. both of them. I'm pretty All sure. Right. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. See you back here tomorrow. The ride home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.